The Republican convention was meant to scare you. The Democratic convention was meant to make you cry. But why were they playing on your emotions? It's not just about the election. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And I just want to start the show with a couple of shout outs. I want to give my uh, youngest son he uh, a shout out for his birthday. Today is his 11th birthday, so happy birthday to you. And I also want to give a shout out to all the people who came to my events this week. They were great. The United Tea Party of Georgia invited me to their meeting in Buford at Praise the Lard Barbecue on Tuesday. That was a great time. And Liberty on the Rocks uh, invited me to the relaunch of the Atlanta chapter up at the Harp Irish Pub in Roswell. Another great time. Uh, It was Super fun. I was overwhelmed by the turnout. So if you showed up and I did not shake your hand personally, I'm sorry. Next time I will, I'll get to every single person. It was super duper fun. And uh, I really learned a lot. I like to get out and actually talk to people. And it, and it gave me a lot of hope because I'll tell you, of all the people who were there, I felt that I can't think of one person who I interacted with who I did not feel was really trying their hardest to restore our founders' principles, the founding principles of this country, to try to uh, preserve liberty and justice for as long as we can here for our kids. And, you know, kind of how I always think about it as a as a debt we owe to the people who have gone before us and have done the same and a kind of obligation to do the same for our children ahead of us. So I love that. But there was one question. I get I got a lot of questions and I actually am going to answer a lot of questions next week on Ask the Libertarian. So if you have questions for me, tweet at me at Monica Perez Show or go to my website, MonicaPerezShow.com and email me or go to Facebook there. So I am going to answer a lot of those questions, but there was one thing that came up at both events, and I really, I think I wasn't prepared for it, I think because I live it. The question was, how do you get through to others? And the first, the the Tea Party gal said, uh, how do I get through to millennials who uh, who, who aren't even able to think? Like, that was her idea. And... The guy at the Liberty Gathering, Liberty on the Rock, said, how do I get through to my mom who cannot think outside of the box of her party? So there's two different problems, but the same basic question. And I realized that what I'm trying to do is trying to get people, I'm trying to reach people all the time. Like, I have to try to do that myself. And I I came up with a couple of answers. One, One is... I think, actually, they get the facts wrong a lot on the mainstream media. So if they go to the mainstream media and they believe all that stuff, it shapes their ideology and what they think of the world. Just showing them alternative media sites, trusted alternative media sites might help. And I'm actually going to try to, uh, I'm going to make a a list of those, maybe a blog post of maybe three or four sites that's worth checking that I think is are even more uh, worthy than the the mainstream media to get the facts right. And then another thing I was thinking is what I try to do, and it takes a little personal reflection, is like the way a psychoanalyst has to analyze himself. If you have to kind of uh, 
Socratically grill yourself to understand where your positions come from. Like if you're the guy in the box or reading off the card, this isn't going to work. But if you really know where you're coming from, you can you can tell other people. Uh, you can walk them through that, ask them questions. Like, if this happens, if this is charity and we're just redistributing wealth because we love each other, but you don't want to do it, they are going to come to your, you know, what's going to happen? Well, the answer is they're going to come to your house with a gun and throw you in jail. So, Socratically, you can point out that really underlying that is uh, a sense of force. So, that's the kind of thing. And, uh, or let them try to make them do it to you. Let them try to convince you of why they think Hillary's going to save the world. And be open minded about it because I'll tell you, if someone could get me to smoke the Kool Aid, I'd probably sleep better at night. So, I'm happy. I'm always open to that. So, uh, and then I thought at the end, uh, I should have said, which I didn't, is get them to listen to my show. It's, uh, it can be a little edgy, but I think it, it bridges some gaps. And I actually got an email, my favorite email, in the wake of these events I got from Dave, who said, Thank you for making Liberty interesting. I was really pleased to see my 14-year-old daughter put down her iPod and listen to you. She had, like, come along for the ride or whatever, and... She wasn't planning on listening, but she did. And I thought that was great. And what could be better than having a young person be able to access these simple messages of liberty? But the funny thing is, I I often get kind of the opposite feedback, that it's just kind of uh, a little too complicated what I'm saying. I got a, a an email, maybe it was a few weeks ago or a month or so ago, that said this. Hey, Monica, I am libertarian-leaning. And I absolutely love listening to your show, despite the fact that much of what you discuss is over my head. I wonder if someone could help you simplify your message to reach and persuade a wider audience. All my best, MJ. So I've been thinking a lot about that. And uh, I'm going to try something new. I actually solicited some help around here. And I have a producer, Brad, in the studio who has agreed to help me. Hello, Brad. Hi, Monica. Uh, I actually, so I can work with anybody, and we have had a lot of conversations about theoretical stuff, and uh, so that's very interesting, but I don't really know how you define yourself politically, and I can I can work with any angle, but I'm just curious, like, do you put yourself in a box? Do you take a label? Are you libertarian? Do you consider yourself what? I fall more along the libertarian lines, but I, I don't like to commit all the way to one label because I, I I think it's I don't know I don't think the map is the territory if that makes sense oh, I'm gonna have to that's over my head Brad <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that you go a little deeper than the labels that we use to classify each other and move on in today's Twitter intensive you know if you can't Put your ideology in 140 characters or less, like everybody's just going to keep moving. Right. Be left behind. So I'm not going to force you to put your ideology in 140 characters or less, but I thought that you could. Uh, so, so this is what I want you to do generally is if I do say something you think is over people's heads and I mean, there's nobody there to kind of tell me that I should slow down or say it over again or whatever. So if you do find something like that, just slow me down, make me, you know, whatever, explain, and I will do so. But in the meanwhile, I want to get the conversation started. I know that uh, I got a lot of tweets on the topic, so I'm, I'm going to ask you to read some tweets. So first, I want to throw out, uh, you know, what 
throw it out to calls. I, I tweeted and also posted on my Facebook. What did you, what was your takeaway from the Democratic Convention? The whole week long was the Democratic National Convention. And I just want to get a sense. Of, I had my own impressions. Of course, I had uh, intellectual, emotional responses, but I also can't look at this stuff without thinking there's some, they're, they're leading us towards that, that what they're, they would not waste this kind of an opportunity, but to promote agendas they have. So I want to get into that as the show progresses. But first, give me a call 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. And uh, you can also tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. So, Brad, you have some tweets for me? I do. All right, go for it. Vicky tweets, they're so determined to stick to script, they ignored who the better candidate was. Feel the burn. You can't help but notice that. When I watched the Bernie speech, I mean, people were going absolutely crazy. I mean, his the enthusiasm for him was so heartfelt, whereas I felt when I watched the Hillary speech that it was it took them four days to generate that kind of enthusiasm. And I know a lot of people criticized the speeches. I thought the speeches were very well written. Like, if you didn't know that these people were uh, selling out to Goldman and bombing foreign countries behind the scenes, you would think they were actually going to save the children. So uh, I, I, nothing could be worse for me than than the vision of a uh, socialist or fascist uh, president, which were basically the choices on that ticket uh, in the primaries on the Democratic side. But I, I think as far as the Democrats go, the enthusiasm for Bernie was obviously off the charts. Okay, what else you got? Austin writes... Guilt trips. <laughs> yes, yes, I totally felt that. It was it, you could not summarize those four days in in a, in a better way than those two words. It was just a constant litany of people who make you feel that if you don't give all your money to Hillary, they're just going to fall off the face of the earth. I felt, and it was very emotional. Like occasionally. I would get moved and I was just so annoyed at myself for falling for the for that emotional manipulation. I simply hate that. So, okay, what else? Norman says, sorry, I couldn't stomach watching it. <laughs> I understand that completely. And I've always grown up my whole life not being able to watch, except for Ronald Reagan, I could really never stomach any political speeches. So this is, that's the, that's the... Only thing that's tough about this job is actually, but you know what I do is I, I, if I can't take it, I wait until it's over and then I go to YouTube and I play it at two times speed. And funny enough, uh, it's, they really are better that way. And if you slow it down, it sounds like they're on drugs or something. So you, you're going to get addicted to that, Norman. Maybe you can try that next time. Okay, give me another one. Is evil, oh, this is from Greg, is the evil Russian hacking rhetoric a way to get millennials behind a killery war? I, that was, that's a, a thought I had not had about the Russian thing. I just thought it was so funny, like, Russia did it. I, I don't, I, I, maybe Russia did do it, but Russia does some things that I think are kind of play right into the agenda anyway. The way they give lip service to the official narrative of ISIS, which I question. You can go to my website if you want to know why, com. The way they uh, make, validate the entire Edward Snowden story, which I concluded was a psyop to get us just used to the surveillance state and used to the uh, idea of chilling ourselves, of not 
communicating electronically. So uh, who knows what Russia's role is in the world? I always I think of James Corbett of the Corbett Report calls it three dimensional chess, borrowing it from Star Trek. And I totally think that the Russia thing is all about that. Uh, And I also incidentally feel like the Democrats are actually more aggressive towards the Russians because George H.W. Bush got them to tear down the wall saying we would not mess with Warsaw Pact countries. And then Clinton expanded NATO into, I believe, every or every but one Warsaw Pact country. So the Dems, the Democrats are a little aggressive when it comes to Russia. So there's uh, lots on the agenda today. So keep calling 404-872-0750. Give me your uh, impressions of the Democratic National Convention. Your call's next. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's 81 outside the studio, five on the Mellish meter. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. Getting your reactions to the Democratic National Convention, I am going to Mike in Duluth. Mike, you're on with Monica. Yes, Monica. I, I attended your function the other night. I was the one that wanted to put your face to a oh, place. Happy and, birthday to you, Mike. I know you spent uh, your birthday with us. That was super fun. Yes, it was. That was one of the, This is not why I'm calling. I'm going to say it in a minute, but I'm going to be as quick as I can. Anyone who has not gone to any of Monica's functions, <laughs> you're, you're missing out on something. Uh, the only thing I can say is that bring a pair of handcuffs because this lady is so sweet, so charming, <laughs> you're going to have to somehow retain yourself for not picking her up and run off with her. Okay, I'm so glad you restrained yourself. Thank you so much. Well, I'll do another one of those again soon so uh, everyone can have the experience. So give me, give me your, uh, your, what you've got for me in a nutshell. Thank you, Mike. Um, what the call that I wanted to bring up is since uh, uh, Clinton threw Sanders under the bus with a stacked deck it is not a stretch to assume that she's going to do the same thing to Trump on voting day. What are your thoughts on that? I'll hang up and listen. Well, wait, Mike, don't hang up. I want you to clarify what you're saying. What do you think she could, that you think she's, oh, because you think the fix is in. Yes. Yes, that's what I think. I I just can't, and here's the thing. I have, uh, thank you very much for the call. I noticed so many little signals that these mainly of course which i've said so many times that bernie sanders and donald trump have thrown their hats into the ring before and they get laughed off the national stage they get laughed out of the mainstream media yet when uh this time around all of a sudden everybody was super afraid so i had said from the beginning people were emailing me oh my gosh i just can't imagine if we had a an avowed socialist as president and i said bernie isn't even going to beat hillary i mean but at that time jeb was in the running jeb bush and i thought boy if you could get hillary i guess you could get jeb and i mean i had thought my thought was that a Bush could never take the White House again just because W had been so unpopular. But at the time, it just seemed to me that these guys, Trump and Bernie, were in as shills for Jeb and Hillary. And then when Jeb uh, spent $150 million on a, in, of super PAC money and went backwards, like uh, crazily backwards, and Trump spent zero, and uh, 
cleaned the tables. Is that what they call it? Not cleaned the tables. Controlled the tables. I, it was clear that fix was in. And when he pulled out, when Jeb uh, announced that he wasn't going to run anymore, it was obvious to me I, that, that Hillary was the heir apparent and that this was, uh, I don't know, a way to get ratings or something. I don't know. Lots more calls coming. 800-WSB-TALKER. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Look, just put your little hand back in the cash register and give me my $2.75 back, please, Brad. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And Clint, didn't you have something to say? Just real quick, I want to give a shout out to some good friends of mine listening out there. Tim, Sarah, Liliana, and Thomas. Hello. What's going on, Carol family? Mr. Clip loves you. Awesome. So we've got kind of a full house here. That was Clint, our sound engineer. And I also have Brad, a producer, sitting in with me. And uh, you can call. We're talking about the DNC, the Democratic National Convention. Give me a call, 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. And I think, Brad, you've got a tweet for me, right? Go. I do. At Planner Brian tweeting about his takeaway says no consistent message, just a weird mix of speakers that seem to have been pulled in for TV media ratings. I actually thought there was a consistent message, and that is Hillary has spent her whole life, her whole life, I mean, I can't even say it with a straight face, trying to improve the lives of women and children. Oh, and it's just yes. so crazy because I alternated, this is what I did, I alternated watching the speech. I, I watched it on two times speed on YouTube. It was the only way to go. And every once in a while, I had to just pause it and play videos. I had Googled NATO bombs Libyan hospitals. And I had to watch, there's like, uh, really more videos than I could get through of uh, of what is widely regarded as a, a Hillary-led uh, so-called no-fly zone over Libya, which they dropped tens of thousands of bombs. Anyway, so I thought there was a message. It was literally laughable, or would have been if it weren't so sad. Uh, so thank you very much for that. I am going to go straight to the calls. If uh, I've got some open lines on 800-WSB-TALK, but we've got... A lot going on here. Joe in Lawrenceville, uh, you are on with Monica Perez. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, what you got, Joe? The interesting thing I, about when they played uh, uh, You Got a Friend, the line I heard was, you know, call out my name and I'll come running. And I kept thinking about, isn't that what our diplomats in Benghazi kept doing, calling out her name and she ignored them? You know, I... People always call out the Benghazi thing, and I actually think it's worse than that. Like, I I really think that what went on in Libya when they pulled down that country for what I believe was reasons of geopolitics, oil, stuff like that, that what Chris Stevens had been doing there was arming the rebels in Libya before he was the ambassador, and then... Uh, I right away there were rumors coming out that he was sending some of those arms up to Syria, and I, I just think it's very convenient that this guy isn't around to tell his story. You know, yeah. like that's how bad it was. But yes, I do see the irony of the you've got a friend that certainly uh, wasn't. And I, I was looking up Webster Hubble. It was an old coworker of hers in uh, the Rose Law Firm. And I was just wondering what happened to him. I think he'd gone to jail because her old scandals are so much worse than her new ones. And uh, and he had written a novel after he got out of jail called When Men Betray. 
<laughs> I was like, I actually, I never read fiction. I'm actually going to read that one because I, I bet it's full of like thinly veiled truths. Anyway, thank you for the call, Joe. I'm going to Renee and Holly Springs. Hi, Renee. You're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. I love your show. I wish you had more time on the air. And uh, as I was sitting waiting to talk to you, I heard so many things that I wanted to weigh in on, but... I'll get to the topic I uh, wanted to uh, call in about. Yeah, give me your best, Renee. Give me your best. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Whatever well, you want. I, I, I wanted to, you said in this election we have a choice between a, a fascist and a, and a socialist. Uh, which do you think is which? <laughs> well, <laughs> they're closer than you think. I, I feel like actually the fascist, the German fascist, the National Socialist Party. Exactly, exactly, yes. So it's so close. The only thing is, I feel like, I've actually thought about this a lot uh, over the years. I think the distinction they would draw is with socialism, I'm not talking about the Democrats, but socialists and fascists. The socialists think if the government itself provides all uh, the services, it doesn't run through private hands. Now, in my opinion, it gets to them. It is all corruption. But with the fascist model, the the money actually runs through the, the private hands. So when you have like Obamacare versus the British national health system, Obamacare, the money actually runs through insurance companies. So the government forces you to pay or pays it. Then that revenue goes into private hands. But with the socialist model, the the dream, the fantasy even though I also think it's inherently immoral to redistribute wealth this way, but is that you, you pay your taxes and the thing gets provided, but nobody skims off the top. It's But I just say it's a little harder. <laughs> to You have to hide your bank accounts in foreign countries in Panama or whatever. Well, I mean, the heart of my question was, uh, it, it, to me, it seems that you're making a, a distinction between Hillary and Trump Oh, no, I was making a distinction between Bernie and Hillary. Bernie and Hillary. Oh, I misunderstood you completely. Oh, that's okay. I'm still uh, very interesting. Thank you so much for the call, Renee. I was saying that Bernie's a socialist, but that Hillary is actually a fascist because... I hate to call names, but I was I was likening her ideology to the uh, to the fascist one because she'll do... Th- she's... The scandals that surround her, I haven't, I haven't gotten to Clinton cash yet, but from what I understand, like the Chinese stuff or Goldman Sachs, when people take money, huge, ridiculous amounts of money to, quote, make a speech, both the content of the speech probably is influenced, and also uh, he's your guy, so if there's policy, you're going to, that might also be influenced. But that, that would be the fascism where a place like Goldman Sachs could benefit from government action. Uh, so I would put Hillary in that category. But thank you so much for the call, Renee. I'm going to G in Douglasville. Hey, G, you're on with Monica. What's going on, Monica? Thanks for taking my call. Great. Thank you for calling. Go. Uh, I wanted to say, like, I, I consider myself a liberal, but I think I lean a little bit to the right in the liberal spectrum. But as I was listening to it, I was actually kind of disappointed. Like, they just kept saying how much they want to help women and help children and how Trump is bad, but I didn't get any, like, what they're actually going to do. I just, yes. they're going to help us, you know, but I didn't really understand what they're going to do in order to help us. They just kept yes. naming all the different groups they want to help. And Gee. I get that, but <laughs> I kind of want more, more than that. You I, know? Had, I was I had, disappointed in it. I had a funny line that they, and I wrote in my notes that they, they just, by identifying the problem, they, they, literally promised to solve every single problem simply by identifying it. They, they would just say, well, women need to leg up. And I'll tell you what else irritated me about it. 
But yes, there were no solutions and no possibility. It's so funny because the way they present it is like if only Trump cared about people, he would magically fix everything. You know, if only he realized that this there's a magic pot of gold and all you need to do is throw those coins out everywhere. I mean, that's what we're going to do. That'll fix everything. That'll fix everything. So that was was kind of crazy. Me personally. But I also felt and tell me if you have a reaction to this. I felt also that when they identify everything in terms of when she was like it there are 160 million women and girls in this country who will have achieved something when i become president and and my feeling is like to actually tell people that their achievements their successes are kind of out of their control or in somebody else's hands i actually find that message to be quite disempowering yeah yeah i think that her trying to identify with this generation of women is actually going to backfire with her i think a lot of women don't identify with her they don't because her way they just why can you give me a reason i just think that you know her views and how she feels about the world i don't think those reflect modern day women i just don't well i'll tell you what i I think think thank you kind of a communist you know (laughs) yeah oh good i'm glad you think that the next generation is not doesn't tend to be communist i'll tell you i think that uh where I would not actually begrudge her any of the credit for her achievements, any of this, like, uh, people crying, like, this is such an unbelievable moment. She broke through from the chains of being female. I don't know. And uh, so she, if if you thought, for what, even if I, she was a rabid, raging Marxist revolutionary and I had no ideological overlap with her whatsoever, I would not begrudge her her glory day if, uh, if I had felt at all that she had achieved it in a, in, a, in a way that is empowering, a way that is respectable. I feel like she, I remember when she was celebrated as first lady, and I was like, okay, so she's being celebrated because she's married to someone who achieved something? Like, isn't that the opposite of everything? And then she took his name in this gesture of complete capitulation to things that she didn't believe before. And then on top of that, you had things like Filegate, where she shows up at the White House day one as first lady and immediately asks for the dossiers of hundreds of people. So that she had stuff to use against people. I mean, day one as first lady. So that's the kind of privilege, power, coattail riding that doesn't make me want to cry with joy and uh, rejoicing. It's actually kind of sad. She's like, oh, yeah, women are now in the club. Like we're I'm in the club. I'm in the club. You know, like the top one percent of one percent that Bernie Sanders was talking about which she is in, like, that is not an achievement for me and the 160 million women that are in there. So anyway, I've got time for one more call. I'm going to go to Brian and McDonough. Hi, Brian. You're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. Thanks for taking my call. You're hey, welcome. Um, give, me a, you remember, give me your best shot. Uh, did you happen to catch Joe Biden and his oh. point about, you know, the malarkey statement there? Uh, I, I, had, I, I tried to watch the speech. I just couldn't take it, so I stopped. The next day, uh, I went back, and I looked at it on YouTube on two times speed, yeah. and I tried again. <laughs> I just couldn't you do it. You find yourself talking to the YouTube. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't watch it. So give me your, give me your bite. Well, what did he say? He, you know, he made this big statement um, that uh, Trump doesn't know anything about the middle class, and you've heard Obama say that he's a champion of the middle class because it came out that you know all these social programs are paid for by the middle class, and the rich don't ever pay for them. Well, and they're not going to, and they never have. Well, right. Can I explain, Brian, why that's true? I can explain to you. 
<laughs> Go ahead. What? Sorry. Oh, no. I just want to point it's, out it's, uh, that it's... Uh, it's a system by the rich for the rich. No, but I'm just going to say specifically what the mechanism is, and the mechanism is income tax. Because that I would, I would actually define wealth, true wealth, as you not having to work, not, you not having to earn wages. Like in Europe, there are old families whose... Ne- whose definition of destitution is that they can see their descendants at some point having to work. Like, that's being rich. So, by if you define it that way, and I really do, by definition, income tax is always for on a worker and not on the truly rich. And that's why that's the that's the hilariousness about keeping raising the income tax because as the the worker gets up there as a professional is highly educated makes this big money the middle class is paying for um, and the upper middle class too yeah and well but the rich it was sold to us that the rich were going to pay for it and hillary even said you know that uh, who's going to pay for the all the college tuition why the rich and the corporations well that that it's a load of garbage they never will and just the same as Obamacare is not being paid by the... And I would also add that what the rich do pay for when they they pay their taxes, they get their money's worth. When George Soros gives $10 million or Warren Buffett or whomever, they get what they're paying for. They get uh, programs that direct this government money and contracts and everything towards their cronyism or regulations that benefit them. Uh, more calls after this, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. 92 is the forecast high today. 74 the low overnight. The weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. Before the before the breaks, uh, the caller was talking about Hillary Clinton, and you said that she didn't take the Clinton name until... Bill was in office, is that what you said? Yeah, I, I actually remember that, thinking it was weird that her professional name before, even I think while she was governor's wife, when she was at the Rose Law Firm in Arkansas, she went by Hillary Rodham and then changed it to Hillary Rodham Clinton, and now she's just Hillary Clinton, which I, uh, I'll i double check, but I, I just remember it distinctly, and I always kind of thought it was a sellout thing to do and a... Um, you know, it was just riding on somebody's coattails. It was like to facilitate, to compromise your principles, to facilitate getting ahead. But maybe that's just me being uh, picky. I'm going to go to Tom. Uh, Tom, hi. You're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Hey, not too bad. I, I, I heard the guy talking before a commercial break, and he was talking about how the income tax system was sold to the people, that, you know, the rich would be funding everything, and the rich would be paying for all this stuff. I got, I got to say, Monica, that if you're approaching any aspect of your life with the idea that somebody else needs to be made to pay for it, you are the perfect kind of slime ball to further this government's power. I, 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 I do not understand anybody's idea where they think that just because somebody else makes a little bit more money than you, that somehow you deserve that money. It makes me sick. Yes, I, I agree totally. I don't pick that fight every time but i will i well, I, I don't agree totally on like calling people names but i will say it uh, throughout the the speeches she even at some point hillary said about her methodist upbringing where she was taught to take care of each other and i, I would like to challenge that and say it's not her taking care of people. It is not a, it's not a religious concept to use the government to take money from people and redistribute that wealth because that wealth is, uh, to redistribute wealth, 
the only power the government has to do that is at the point of a gun. So if if you don't say that again, I said precisely. Yeah, exactly. So if you take that money out, uh, if you don't want to contribute to her charity, she will get her thugs to drag you off. I actually met a liberal self-described liberal last night whose father had went had gone to jail for tax evasion. And I thought, well, that's proof positive that if you don't pay for the liberal programs, they will haul you off at the point of a gun and lock you in a cage. So it, it, that defies everything from free will to the exhortation to charity. I would just say as a libertarian, you keep religion separate from the state and uh, and then we won't have these problems. But that's the that's the ideological divide in this country, which we can talk about some more after the break. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.